Welcome to the Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia, and I'm excited to bring you this podcast. Every week, I talk to interesting people who also meditate. Stick around for the episode after this for a guided meditation. Are you trying to create your own meditation practice? Well, you're in luck because in January, we're offering a live class starting the first Sunday in January for seven weeks. Each week, we're going to be offering new tools to help you create a practice that you love. This is a lifelong gift for yourself or for a friend, and I'm really excited to lead you in it. Go to themeditationward.com to sign up. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast because it helps more people find us, and we'd love to share this podcast with more people. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, I know you heard the intro, but again, my name is Nadia and I'm really excited to have you um, guys listening to the show today. I'm excited to get to talk to Fabian Louis. Fabian is a certified medical intuitive, a Qigong and sound practitioner and an inspired artist. She's passionately committed to guiding individuals, particularly creatives and solo entrepreneurs on a transformative journey to reclaim their energy self-confidence and true inner power. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Fabian. Thank you so much, Nadia. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, tell us where are you from? I know you're in the U S now. What, what brought you here? What, what's your story with that? Yes, I'm from France. I was born there. I've been living in the United States for the past 19 years now. I'm married. I have two kids who are 13 and 17 now. And I live near New York City, New Jersey, in a very nice area. Nice. What ended up bringing you here? Uh, my husband got a job opportunity to come to the United States. I was living in London before, so I always uh, loved to travel and uh, meet new people and uh, learn about uh, culture. So I was always, you know, wanted to, to go to other countries. Yeah. Um, and we I, like I, it here. So, you know, we said three years and, and now it has been 19 years. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Nashville because of my boyfriend got opportunity here so you just kind of move and flow with it and see what happens have you had a, a very much opportunity to get to explore the u.s or traveling since you've been here with kids yes yes we love with the kids to go to the national park so we did at least you know, 10 of them and uh, we love to be in nature uh hiking it's uh hiking and uh, swimming i guess it's uh, top two priorities for the family it's what we do during our vacation so oh. it's so beautiful to to go to this national park and see different landscape and different natures and uh, and the animals and you know whoever you meet on the way so it's it's beautiful we love it yeah yeah that's awesome um so what is a medical intuitive so that's a good question <laughs> so <laughs> um just to go back a little bit about you know what brought me to become a medical intuitive because i um I've been doing a lot of uh, research of myself, you know, for the past years and um, what I learned going through a big, big burnout, you know, it was to come back to my intuitions, to go back to uh, my inner guidance because any doctor couldn't find any solutions to my problem. On it. And yeah, it was you had very getting of, worse. You had a lot of inflammation issues? Yes, I had a really big burnout after my uh, second child was born, uh, you know, trying to be a wife, a mom, having a nine to five job and trying to be happy and everything, but it wasn't working for me. And, um, and I have, you know, a lot of things going on with my body. I wasn't very happy. So in my head, a lot of questions and couldn't find answers, you know, we're going to many specialists and uh, they couldn't find any answer until I say, you know, it's going to get worse if I don't find uh, something, you know, and I knew in myself that I was creating all this, you know, my stress level and everything. So 
at one point, uh, you know, I always have this voice in my head and I say, okay, I'm going just to listen to this one time, you know, to this voice who was telling me, you are creating this reality. If you really want to change it, just, uh, just change, you know, your belief about your life and why, you know, you you always want to, to have more, but you see only relax and what you are liking. And, you know, it was all about following my inner guidance. So it's what I did. And, um, and I started to uh, do some research on Google, how people can heal themselves. And, you know, it, it's how I came up with meditation on Qigong and really helped me to, to clear my body, to reverse my symptoms, to get back to myself and to have a clearer mind and uh, know my life purpose and uh, find out that I have, you know, intuitive gifts since I was born. I'm very empathic and highly sensitive to the energy of other people, but I didn't know I have those, those abilities, you know, to tap into people's body. So I really took different modalities. I really was so surprised and excited to see that the more you listen to your inner guidance the more you can create and manifest what you want in life so i really wanted to go deeper and i passed those different certification where you develop your intuition and medical intuitive it's one of them it's you can do it with yourself or someone else you just scan the energy of the body you scan the organs and you just you know for me it's my inner knowing i ask questions what's going on why this organ is not working properly what you know or why these symptoms and i get answers that you know most of the time it's limiting belief it's thought emotion and press emotion who are stuck uh, in our energetic body stuck in our organ somewhere and uh, it's just going to be like a um it's a stagnant energy who is going to block the flow of energy coming in and out from this organ so it means that the blood flow is not circ uh, circulating properly there is not enough blood so of course there is not enough uh, nerve connections there's a lot of going on so if you just go and remove this energy this you know limiting thought or emotion from this organ the flow is going to go back because your body knows how to heal itself so the medical intuitive just facilitate the healing for you know, find out what it's causing the stagnation of energy in one of those body functions and just remove it so the body can heal itself properly. Yeah, I love taking deep dives into Carolyn Mays and some of her work. I don't know if you know her. She's like the most famous yeah. medical intuitive. And yeah, it's pretty It's pretty. Um, wild how much you can receive just by intuitively working with someone and how right yeah. on you can be yeah so yeah um, uh, and qigong you talked about that um i know about tai chi i feel like um, people are a little bit more familiar with tai chi um can you explain what qigong is i know qi is a word for energy um, yes. So yes, exactly. Uh, the key. So we said qi in Chinese. It's the life force uh, energy. Kong. It's uh, how to cultivate the effort you have to put to cultivate your life force energy. And qigong is part of a traditional Chinese uh, medicine with herbs and acupuncture. And it's an uh, ancient practice. Our ancestors, 5,000 years ago, they could trace, you know, they knew, they knew they were, uh, at, they, they could feel their energy in their body. They, they knew they were walking physically outside. So one day they come up with a pain or some emotions, they knew how to clear it, doing some slow movements, some breath work, some meditation, some visualization. There were many techniques in Qigong. And uh, they, they would clear it so they don't have any symptoms. But our uh, modern society, we don't do this kind of uh, uh, tuning to our energy every day to see how we are doing. And we just start to accumulate, accumulate our stress or unprocessed emotion until one point our body says, stop, you know, you cannot do that. And we start to have symptoms and or feel sad or depressed because we don't do the work. So Qigong, it's all about bringing back this energy. It's the universal life force energy who is around us. We are all made of this, the tree, us, 
and it's inside of us. It flows freely uh, uh, for the meridians. You can see sometimes those uh, meridians, you know, trace. So meridians are pathway of energy. And if everything goes well, when you're happy, healthy, and everything, it should flow freely. And but when you start to you know to have too much emotions, stuck emotion and press emotion or fears or something you're stuck in, uh, the flow is going to decrease and you are going to have stagnation of energy in your body or depleted energy. Like uh, when you feel drained at the end of the day, you don't have enough energy. So just by bringing back energy from you know nature outside of you, bringing back to your body, to your organs, you can rejuvenate any part of your body just by practicing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that or you know Western uh, medicine uses medication and it's kind of a band aid for a lot of things to like cover it up or make those symptoms better without always addressing the underlying um, issues and. Of- course I take medication for you know mental health and um, I mm-hmm. definitely don't think it's a bad thing but I do think the combination of the work um, is really important yeah yes you're right you're right it's very important to to do both you know the work is going to clear the cause of the issue and be followed by doctors you know so you can't uh, you know uh, have a better health and feel better yeah yeah every day yeah. Mm. Um. So, what was the transition from going from like a nine to five career and stepping away from that um, into mm. this work that you're doing now? I'm sure that caused stress when you're trying to relieve stress. Yes, exactly. No, that's right. Um, I I had to quit my nine to five. I couldn't, you know, during my burnout, I was so drained. I have to take nap in the morning, in the afternoon. There is no way I could uh, keep a job. And um, when I started to do my Qigong and meditation, I quickly, you know, <laughs> start to have more energy and the inflammation started to go away. So I was, you know, so excited that I said, oh my gosh, people need to know it's possible, you know, doing some work on yourself, you can heal, repair your body. And uh, so I started to pass certification of Qigong and, you know, giving solid classes of Qigong. But like you said, it's a big transition to have, a, you know, secure job nine to five and going slowly by just giving, you know, classes and not knowing, you know, how I'm going to do to help financially my family. So it took me like many years because after you go to to these things where, oh, you learn this and you want another certification on something else and you want to learn and you go in these things of learning, learning and not, you know, yeah. working and bringing income at the same time. So at the end, you know, it's all about your, also your limiting belief, you know, your imposter syndrome. Why should I be out there helping people who I am? Also, I'm an artist, so, you know, I love to paint, but it's the same. I mean, when you are creative, there's always this block, you know, I need to sell, I need to sell. So it's two, two different aspects of yourself that you need to work together to find this harmony, that it's possible, work on your fears, work on your emotion, what is going on. And the more you clear, the more you are confident, you get motivated every day, you, you get clarity, confidence, and... And it's amazing what you can accomplish when you do this in your work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Mm -hmm. like we do live in a society where we have to make money to live. (laughs) So it's definitely a balance, almost just like the balance we were just talking about of like Western and Eastern ways of looking at your body and your health. It's like it has to be a a combo to survive. Yes, and and all the you know messaging we have since we are little, it's all you know you you need to work hard, you need you know to get something, you need to study, you need to have all this education, and then you know all this we have been brainwashed, you know, since we are so little that you know it's many many years that you have to unlearn that it's okay and you can have a career and you know whatever you really are passionate about you don't need to go for you know we said to the kids look if there is a job you know a career in something that you are sure there's a job at the end but 
if it's not what you are meant to be, I mean, if it's not, you know, if you're not passionate about it, you are going to be drained and, you know, pushing yourself to go to work every day, feeling that you don't have a choice. And imagine how heavy is it in, in your energy just to push yourself to do something with no passion or at least uh, you don't enjoy, you know, doing it. And it's uh, it's it can be very, you know, uh, painful for your body, for yourself to do that for years. You know, it's really, like I said to my kids, you know, really do something that you love. Don't. <laughs> I mean, it's good to take, you know, advices here and there, but at the end, all the answers are inside. But you, you are unique. We came to be like with uh, different personalities different life purpose, different calling. So always go back to, you know, your sensation. Is it right for you? Is it the right choice? How do you feel? And even if you make a choice now, it's not something you cannot change in the future. Just say, okay, I'm doing that, you know, temporarily until I figure out the next step and that's okay. But for me, when I was 18, it's like, oh my gosh, you need to find a job that you're going to keep, you know, all your all your life. You need to think about retirement plan before you start a job and all these calculating, you know, things figuring out was too much for me. I was more of a spontaneous kid and, you know, I don't want to plan ahead. I just want to go with the flow. And yeah. It felt so constricted to myself that I was just pushing and coping, you know, oh, this is doing that maybe I should try this maybe I should try that and I was like who I am you know in this all these different choices so yeah it's always good to go back to yourself yeah for answers I think for our parents it kind of was that way where they did go to school and they did keep the same job and now people apparently have like four to like seven different careers in their lifetime i try to like tell people when they're younger like i went to school for acting now i own a yoga studio it's like you literally mm -hmm. never know um and it doesn't def what you're doing at that time at you know when you're 18 years old how is that you're not going to be the same person when you're 30. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like you say, we evolve, but the society evolves too. So that's okay, you know, to see the different belief with different generations and see how things go. And and I think your your compass, it's always, you know, go back to yourself, you know, ask the right question. Yeah. Or your friends or your parents, should I do this? Should I do that? Because you get 15 different, you know, answers and then you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you're it is true. You're asking everybody and you get all these different answers and you're just craving for mm -hmm. someone to tell you the right one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. So something that I found interesting in my work, and I'm curious about your experience, is that moment where you start looking inwards to try to check in with your truth and your answers was there time where it was really hard to decipher what was your brain what was your truth what like the trust that has to be built um, to listen to yourself do yes. you remember what that process felt like or looked like yes you know before it was it was for me, it's, you know, knowing it's almost like you have a different voice in your head. <laughs> and uh, so before my burnout, it was always, you know, I'm not doing the right thing. I should be doing something else. And I was so uh, frustrated because I wanted to spend more time, quality time with my family. But I was coming, you know, late at night. I was tired and I wanted to play with the kids. And I was there playing two, three seconds. But I know in my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to do that. My to-do list at home, my to-do list for work. And I was with them physically, but in my head, I couldn't relax and be with them. And um, so when I started, you know, to do some meditation and what helped me the most, I think it's my one week silent retreat to, to really find silence in your head, you know, like calming those voices and knowing which one is my fear, which one is me, you know, my higher self or my inner guidance, you know, and it, it became clear to me, you know, it was like, you know, what's come from fear, it's always pushy, it's always, uh, you know, you are not doing the right things in the lack, or you ego man, like, you know, don't say that, don't do that, you know, because blah, blah, blah. And when it's love, it's, you know, for me, it's coming 
from the art and it's it's not pushy it's very soft subtle and and you know it's your dream i mean it's the dream i have when i was younger it's those visions that i have and i just i just know i need to follow on my you know inner guidance those visions for little you know subtle energy or like um, nuggets of insight you know i need to follow on this and not because if you wait like a second or two then your fear comes up yeah but oh, that's not the right time or all this excuses you know like it's not the right time you don't have uh, white people around you or whatever you know it's uh, so that's i know it's my fear trying to get me you know my man my subconscious man you know don't go out of your comfort zone it's too risky it's not the right time and this could happen and what if and it's so this i know it's my fear and i just go in my art and uh, i just go with my vision my dreams and i yeah i just follow that yeah because yeah. fear can really paralyze you know people from making yeah. any any changes yes yeah, yeah. when we don't yeah. change things still change mm -hmm. but they're not on our they're not our choice because we didn't make any changes. <laughs> yes, I know. And sometimes you can be in these loops and it never stops. So, I mean, for me, when I'm really not feeling good or in the right, you know, mindset, I know I need to go for a walk and, you know, come back, setting my attention. I want to clear myself, have a, you know, clarity, whatever I want to do next and come back and I'm so refreshed or whatever, you know, I feel... Uh, uh, more grounded and less in my head you know so yeah yeah that's my uh, quick um, fix <laughs> so I'm curious I know that going on a silent retreat is in my near future of goals or dreams what is a silent retreat like yeah so that was a <laughs> that was a yeah, I just follow my inner guidance. I read about it, you know, when I went to, I was really in, still in bad shape at this time. So I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like so in my fear and uh, shaking, you know, before to drive, I have to drive two hours to go. It was a Buddhist Buddhism center. And um, when I arrived, you know, was, uh, I think everybody kind of knew each other from past, you know, uh, retreats and, um, I didn't know, but they just say the rules, you know, before to start the next day of a retreat. No eye contact. No, we don't talk for one week. You don't read, don't book, don't bring a book, don't bring a phone, don't occupy yourself with something else. It's just you, nature, and meditations. And the worst thing for me it was the eye contact because, you know, we were like 20 people eating together, going to meditation in the center, being in nature. And it's like, you know, you pass someone and you don't look at the person, someone holds the door and you don't say anything, you don't look at the person. And it's so like, very strange. You feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm terrible. It's impolite to do, you know, like all this belief that we have, we have been trained to look in the eyes, to say thank you many times. and. It was very hard and it took me maybe three, four days for me to, to be attuned to this experience, you know, and the meditation were uh, 45 minutes. I think it was two or three times a day and we have meal and over time it was uh, just in nature by yourself. And I really follow the rules. I really like, I'm one week away from the family, you know, I don't want to, I want to have uh, the best uh, experience possible and, uh, it wasn't easy, it wasn't easy because what's happened, you are so, like every day you are so bombarded by so much information that you don't have, your brain doesn't have the time to uh, sort out things, but you accumulate so much thing for years and years that when you go in silence like this, it's just like going back to those drawers of, you know, of, you know, whatever you accumulated, things are going to come back to the surface, you know, because you are in silence, you're not doing anything else. So you have time to go and sort things out and things are going to come back to you from maybe childhood or maybe 10 years ago, something happened and you completely forgot about an event or someone is going to come, you know, into your mind and say, why I'm thinking about this person? But most of the time, it's something you need to clear an emotion or something happened or, uh, some, someone says something to you and you didn't like it, you feel very triggered at this time. And so 
it's how you clear, you know, by releasing, bringing to the surface a lot of things that we just accumulated for so many years. And at the end of our retreat, after one week, I didn't want to go back to, to the world, you know, knowing the noise, because you are so sensitive to the sounds, you know, nature sounds and no sounds around you and go back to, you know, the cars. I, I, drive, I drove for two hours without music this time. I'm like, how I did that? You know, no music. I wanted to be in silence, just me and myself and, you know, and uh, that was beautiful. I came back home. I sent everybody back. You know, I just want to have a warm bath by myself. And it took me like two, three days to really acclimate myself to the noise and talking to people and things like that. It was like um, very profound, but in a good way for me, you know, as yeah. uh, experience. Were you yeah. allowed to, you talked about journaling earlier. Were you allowed to journal when you were there or like literally nothing? No, I mean, this, this, you know, you could do if you want, but they say not, it's better not. And that was my thing. You know, I want oh, a week by myself. I want to write this book. I always have a book in my head and blah, blah, blah. So I brought so many things with me and I didn't use it. I really wanted to follow the rules and, you know, it's for your best interest. You know, if you, it's kind of a distraction at the end, you know, books, journaling, it's, you know, uh, it's um i mean the process is by itself it's just releasing you don't need to write what it's coming up because it's already out there you know and um when you were yeah, in the, when you were in the woods by yourself did you ever talk to yourself out loud <laughs> what if i would be like hey nadia that was really weird <laughs> <laughs> no i was um i, I don't i don't think i did but maybe I did, but I don't remember. I was really in my head, but uh, I knew that in the wood at one point I was uh, very scared because so many fears came to the surface. I was scared that I'm going to be attacked by some wild animals. You know, I was like at one point so paranoid when I was looking everywhere. Oh, I know something is going to come to me. And and it was temporary, but it was, you know, deep fear coming to the surface and everything. And I remember I was like, kind of a panic attack, you know, by myself, you know, in the woods. But it went away after I was fine. I love nature, you know, but I don't know, something came up and yeah. Yeah. As far as your as far as your art goes, um not just after this silent meditation retreat, but after you started finding um Qigong and all the other modalities that you found um to help you release that even physical body stress did you find that your art changed at all how was that process if any so my art i mean i always been attracted since i'm young you know to draw and do art i never wanted to do both art because i have was limiting belief that i wasn't good enough to, to study art so you know and I never pursued that, but, you know, it was natural for me. Everybody was always saying, I'm an artist, I'm supposed to do this and that, and never took the time, you know, with my job and the kids. I was like, no, I don't have the time. One day, one day, you know, it's on your bucket list. So at one point I said, I need to do something really, you know, I'm passionate about. So I started with art and really... I give myself permission to say, okay, if it's, you know, if you're an artist, just, you know, paint, do your thing. So I took like two or three weeks, I bought everything and I just every day was painting, painting and it was beautiful. It's like a meditation. You are in your, uh, in your, this kind of, uh, I don't know, another state and you just like a writer, you know, you write, you write, I paint, I paint, I don't think about it. It was very intuitive. And um, and it's the same. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful! I love your painting." But inside me, I was still the imposter. Like, "Oh yeah, but maybe not so good. Maybe I should change this and that." And so I, I did have a lot of you know clearing in my thought to to be able to sell my art. You know, to 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 have this confidence that if I paint something, it's for someone out there. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect and. Uh, um, so it was also another process, you know, to, to digest that it's okay, you know, to be an artist, you can be successful being an artist and uh, 
And creating all those thoughts and fear that we have about uh, being someone creative and making money from that. Yeah. So it was less of the mm. fact that your art changed and more of the fact that uh, it gave you permission to yes. just go and yeah. explore. Yeah. Everything yeah. It's, it has to be in the flow. You know, when you say flow of energy in your body, it's the same. For me, writing, painting, it's flow of energy coming through, you know, your senses and you have to do your interpretation of what you see and put it into uh, something uh, artistic, you know. Yeah. So if you are not in the flow, it means that somewhere there is some thought or, or limiting thought that, you know, blocking this flow of energy too. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to ask you what your like food preferences are um how do you use food uh, in your journey of keeping your inflammation down and keeping your body clean yes so as i change my test change you know for the best <laughs> so before when i didn't have time i was worried about the food and uh, the nutrition for my kids or myself because i didn't have time to cook and i came from the French family, you know, what we, we used to, to have our vegetable and to cook our soup and be very healthy, you know, and family cooking all the time. And I was feeling so bad that I didn't have this experience with my kids. So, you know, becoming after this burnout, I have more time for myself and I'm, I'm so grateful for that, you know, to be able to cook again, to receive my uh my box of vegetables to do a lot of juicing and eating a lot of vegetable and raw vegetable it's very important and uh i think it's uh something i would love to to develop to this education about food because food gives you energy and when you change your belief about food or anything you do you are going to be attracted naturally to, to, you know, if you intuitively listen to your body, your body is telling you what you want, but are we listening? You know, sometimes, oh, I don't have time to cook or, you know, but your body, for me now, I'm, I'm just, you know, listen to my body, see what he wants. I just cook it. Cooking doesn't take so much time, finally, you know, if you organize, you know, your shopping and everything and, uh, I feel like I have more energy than before. I, I, um, I lost a lot of weight just in, in, you know, healthy. And it's not, it's, you know, very easy. It's not something you have to give so much effort, you know, it's uh, something natural at the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe a cookbook mm -hmm. in your future. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I love cookbooks. <laughs> um, yeah. So as you know, coming back to the idea of stress and um, staying mindful and in the present, um, you have two teenagers, <laughs> so I'm sure that comes with a certain level of you know unknowns and stress and worry. Um, mm -hmm. What is that like, and how do you address it? Yeah, so um, I'm glad I was able to work on myself before they turned to the age of being in teens because by changing, you know, the way I see things and changing my energy, all the family around me, you know, the energy in the family changed too. And we are, we, we used to be so stressed all of us, so now we are more peaceful, we have family time together, we are here for each other, we try to have a at least you know they have activities and everything but to try to eat together and have those conversations you know how is your day anything happen if you have any questions you know just be there not be in my head like before like oh yeah i'm here but i'm on my phone because i have a client you know blah 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 but just be here for them and have you know the time to always be for there for them for their questions and and so far, so good. Everything goes well. Uh, sometimes, you know, I know one of my my children have anxiety, used to have anxiety. So we work on that a lot and just always bringing them to the present moment. And one time when my son was literally saying, oh, mommy, I'm so worried to go to school and blah, blah, blah. And I say, you know, it's in the future. In the future, you didn't create it yet. So why don't you change for something more positive or you know not thinking about all the negative or bad and he was like oh okay you're right and he just 
was you know smiling and happy because he found a solution to you know whatever was going on in his uh, in his head and it was perfect you know just uh, and I you know I told them also that we are all different you know different type of personalities so we have to accept you know that people are not going to express themselves or to do things the way we will do it and it's okay we you know we can all be different and I think that was a big eye-opening to see that, you know, some people are more introverts, some are more extroverts, some people, you know, are more to-do list, you know, like na na nah, and someone can take his time or, you know, there's so many ways to to work and we have to accept that in each. Uh, and I know in my family, we have four different types of personalities. So I'm so glad I learned about this because before I was triggered by some of their, you know, you shouldn't do this like that and do it that way and wanted to change them, you know. And then, you know, I accepted that there are different way to, to function. So it's, uh, you know, another way to to see that you are unique and it's uh, important to, to see that in others and accept the difference in others too. Yeah. So while they had a mindset um, reset, are they open or do they do a meditation practice or that's not really a part of their life right now, but they have the energy around them? Yeah, they, they have the energy around them. They are not doing in front of me any meditations, but I work with sun too. So they like the instrument. They, you know, they can feel that there is something happening when I play a, a ball, a Tibetan ball or something. Um, when they have any pain, you know, they come to me, so, you know, I explain what I'm doing and, uh, you know, I tell them about the work they can do on themselves. So if they want to feel better in their head too. So they have some tools, you know, that, uh, that works for them. Um, but they, I don't think they try the meditations, you know, yoga, yoga poses. Yeah, they did. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful how much but you they try like to, to be push. Nature. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the thing. It's yeah, I want them to discover by themselves. I don't want to be the one who yes, who is yeah. going to push. And I always say to them, you know, if something doesn't go well, you know, in the future or just go in nature and just you know, they, they, everybody comes back so different when we go for a hike or, or walk outside. It just brings you back to you know because you get the energy from you know from the nature you get more chi and you feel more charged and more yourself when you come back. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned sound, um, like a Tibetan sound bowl. Sound healing is a pretty large part of your practice, correct? Yes, I use yeah. it too. Yes, with yeah. folk. Um, how yeah. does um, sound healing work? How does it help your clients and yourself? Yeah, so sound healing is also an ancient practice, uh, back to the antiquity, where they used to um, bring people who were sick into a temple and people used to sing to them or use those instruments, you know, just because each instrument has different frequencies and those frequencies are going to, you know, travel in your body and release stagnant energy. So just the sound is going to, to clear a lot of, you know, stagnant energy. Uh, you feel more relaxed when you do a group sound bath, you know, or someone play an instrument, you can feel that you are present in the moment, but it can bring you to a um, beta wave or meditative state. And uh, and in this state, it's where if the healing happens, you know, you are not stressed, you, don't, you are not in uh, this uh, fight or flight mode in your body. So it's a very easy way, just playing instrument. And the most powerful one is your voice. You know, if you can sing every day, it just also bring yourself to to this state of being present with yourself, you know, being uh, yeah at peace inside. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't really think about your own voice and singing as a way of sound, healing yes. or vibration energy. Yeah, so it's the number one, you, you know, it's so powerful. And imagine a baby, when a mummy just sing to a baby, the baby can turn, you can see, you know, the reaction of a baby. So it, it's the first, you know, voice that you hear. It's your parents' voice and everything, and it's calming. And so that's the same. As we grow up, we, you know, we, we are not used to sing, but imagine our ancient, you know, our... 
uh, yeah, ancient practice, you know, in the past, they used to come back or always at night, they never go from working in the field to sitting in the, in the room, you know, they, they knew that their energy need to, you know, so people used to do these fire things and sing and dance and talk to each other and, you know, laugh and this community part that we don't have anymore, but it was part of the healing process, you know, just clearing what's going on today and, uh, and see how you feel after singing or dancing. It's the same. It's uh, another state of well-being. Yeah. I feel like through this conversation, mm -hmm. we've found that there's so many different ways of finding like truth. Like you went from talking about silence for a week and coming yeah. home and craving silence. And then also how beautiful sound and voice is to healing. And it's really interesting how everything can can like be yes. a service depending on how you're using it yes exactly and when i do a group sound bath i like to take like two three minutes at the end of silence because it's the same silence it's so powerful it's where healing happen you know and uh we i mean we should i mean our life now it's so busy we are so connected to screen to what's going on you know in the world and everything we don't know what it's silence anymore even in the area where i live we still have trees but i can still hear the train on cars and so many things when i go back to my parents middle of nowhere in the countryside i'm like wow you know i'm like it's so silence you know i just hear little birds here and there and there's different silence you know but it it's what it does to you, you know, just compare and see and notice what change in you when you are in silence. And for me, it's the best way just to, to, you know, get in our guidance, asking questions and receiving information and be at peace with my life right now. And everything is okay. And your fear are just illusions, you know, they are coming in, visiting you and you always have a choice, you know, do I take this fear on or I just, no, thank you. You know, I don't need you and go on with your, with your life and staying in the love, you know, love. Um, like I said to people, you know, it's like radio. You cannot hear two radios at the same time. So you have to pick which one. Is it the fear radio or is it the love radio you are listening on? And you always have a choice. So, but we have to be conscious about it and just uh, listen to the right uh, radio. Yeah. And mm -hmm. coming back to choice, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. there are times in our life where, especially I think when most of us are younger, where we don't, we want to look outside for our answers on our choices and mm -hmm. coming back yes. to the place where you're in now, where the choice lies within, but it still can kind of be a struggle between the two and you yes, still have yes. to center and come back to the true choice <laughs> yeah yes like, like we said it's a practice you know but the more you do the more you are able to notice you know what is fears or not and how to, to do better choices yeah yeah um, as far as your you have so many modalities that you use. Do you have a daily consistent practice of meditation or does it kind of ebb and flow? What does your meditation practice look like now? I like to meditate like 20 minutes in the morning. I just bring me to a place of clarity and know better what I need to do that day, how to organize my day after that. Um, what does that practice look like? Like what do you do when you sit? So it just uh, being in silence and just connected first with my breath. So, you know, and then I'm in a, another state like theta wave probably. And um, I'm just receiving information or visions and I ask questions and I'm, you know, uh, I like to call it the strat strategy sessions, you know, in the morning because I like to to plan a, plan ahead and uh, you know I, I sometimes you have many many choices or things or to do list, you know, and I'm like okay, and I just go with you know what what should I do to uh, not should but what is uh, the best thing I can do today, and I get 
some answers, some piece of information. And sometimes I'm like, oh, are you sure? <laughs> you know, you are not. And I ask, you know, give me a vision. Why should I do that? Because I don't feel like I want to do it. And I get a vision. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't see like that, you know, and it just um, comforts me. And I know that I just need to do that today and start by that. And, you know, I just, it's just question answered, you know, like almost like you are talking to someone else. And I do this uh, little strategy session, so I know exactly, uh, you know, the next step that I need to do. Yeah, it's. I mm. feel like that's kind of probably for a lot of people relieving to hear that. I feel a lot of times people tell us, you know, just look for quiet, come back to the breath, let the thoughts go. But also, it's nice to know that you can have thoughts, you can have a conversation, and you can find peace within that and you don't have to be expected to look for yes. spaces of silence so this is kind of a relief yes yes you're right you know there's not always this very silence you know thought are coming fear are coming when you know how to identify if you know you know how to pick the one you want you know and say okay now i don't need that now you know leave it on the side and you're you're clear and you can always ask more questions because it's you know it's your soul your inner guidance it's going to tell you exactly what's the best for you yeah hmm. so for people that are newer to a meditation practice or just exploring new meditative tools do you have any advice that you would like to give to people yeah i mean you know people the thing is it's a vibration we are vibration so when you are in meditation sometimes you know we feel like um uh we feel like ourselves we feel connected we feel connected to our dreams our visions and then we are done with meditation and we go back to work or cooking or whatever we have to do and i see people like when they do their meditation, they believe it, they believe, you know, in the process and everything, but then they go back to their fears and, oh, and I, I need to do that, oh, I need to do that. But most of the time we need to prioritize because the thing we need to, we think we need to do, mostly, you know, we do it for someone else. It's not our dreams, you know, so we have really to be clear what are your goals every day and from your goals, see, are you doing it for yourself you have to be your first priority in life make sure you always have your mask of oxygen first on yourself before helping anybody else because i used to be you know i'm an empathic so i used to do so many things for so many people around me and i thought it was my job you know it was like oh but you know i want to help my friends i want to help my family and this and that but at the end of the day i didn't have enough energy for my project and i was pushing everything you know back to the end so I was so frustrated after because I wasn't making progress in direction of my goals and my objective. And I was like, how come, you know, but I was a people pleaser. I was an empathic. I wanted to be the peacemaker with everyone. And, and, and I was doing so much for other people. So you can train yourself doing that. So it's, you have to really be clear about, you know, your goal every day, your to-do list. What is it for you? You need to do first thing in the morning if you can you know your priority on you your project and then you know have sometimes to do like uh, with a neat task or you you know of course you have if you have a job for someone else or but always take some time for yourself first make sure you yes yeah what time do you get up uh around 7 seven thirty sometimes yeah yeah, I used to get up very early in the morning and I really love like a very early morning walk when nobody's up. But uh, right now in winter, I'm like uh, not doing it right now. But sometimes yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, especially now that your children are at an age where they can get their own breakfast and shower exactly. or not shower, whatever they do. <laughs> <laughs> they can make those choices on their own now. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, everyone is in for a treat because the second episode of our meditation today is a little bit different. Would you like to share what you're going to offer for the meditation? Yeah, so we talk about sound healing. So I'm going to do a sound meditations where I bring, you know, like I do a small meditation in the beginning and then people can uh, lay down, relax and just let the sounds, you know, but be bathed by the sounds, the frequencies. Some people can fall asleep and that's okay. 
and that we are not just bring back everybody back to their bodies. So I used to do that for the new moon because the new moon it's a good um, a good time you know to use this cosmic energy to set your intentions you know to give power to your intentions. Uh, it can be done also for the full moon where you want to clear more uh, limiting thought and belief, you know, stagnant energy. Or it can be any time also, you know, we can do it. So that's a good, uh, it's something you can use, you know, it depends if you want to set your intention. You can always set your intentions, but with a new moon, it's something special for the month to come to see. Slowly and slowly your project, you know, growing with this energy. Yeah such a treat because all of them so far like verbally guided meditation so i think it's going to be so beautiful for people to get to check this out as well mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's very relaxing so yeah yes well, is, there, is there anything that you feel like you wanted to say or cover that we didn't talk about uh no i think the most important uh, for people it's to understand like we say you know all the answers that you need are you know unique to yourself you have it and it's always good to check in with yourself with your body asking questions just listen receive the answers and just act on it don't uh, listen to the fear coming up after yeah um, we'll have all your information in the show notes below of where people can find you but would you like to share them verbally as well Yes, yeah, so you can find all the information on my website. It's my name, FabienLouis.com, F-A-B-I-E-N-N-E-L-O-U-I-S.com. And uh, from there, I, I'm on Instagram as well. And uh, you can find, you know, all the sound bath and uh, other services on offer. Uh, I offer to everyone. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for offering this time to um, talk to me today and to share this with our listeners. Well, thank you, Nadia. Thank yeah. you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. And um, I look forward to keeping in touch with you. And thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you stick around for the meditation on the next episode. If you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative lens or starting your own meditation practice with accountability, check out TheMeditationWard.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at TheMeditationWard and please like, review us, and share with your friends. See you soon.